Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast for all law enforcement professionals and all those who support them. Sponsored by the National Police Credit Union. We mean police business. I'm your co-host, Ken Bader, with co-host Casey Smith, who had an emergency this morning, unfortunately. So I'm going to fly solo for the first time on Beyond the Call, Uh, but not completely solo because we have a great guest today, as we always have. Uh, It's Dr. Roberta Shaler, uh, and she is the relationship help doctor. She offers urgent and ongoing care for relationships and crisis through consulting, speaking, video, and writing. She particularly focuses her expertise on the partner's exes, adult children, and co-workers of relentlessly difficult and disturbing people. Um, I know a few of those. Um, She calls them hijackles, which we'll get to. Uh, Working with people struggling with life, death, and relationship for over 30 years in Canada and the United States, Dr. Shaler has brought hope, comfort, strength, and success to countless people who honestly believed it was impossible. Even the United States Marines have used her services. Dr. Shaler, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kenneth. It's great to be with you. <laughs> great to have you here. Well, you know, given that you know, a number of people in our audience are former military, uh, you know, we, we have to talk to, about, talk to you about the work you've done with the U.S. Marines. Tell us about that, please. Sure. And no matter what workplace you're in, you're going to have some difficult people. Yeah. And sometimes each one of us is someone's idea of a difficult person in the moment. But what I'm talking about and what I talk to the Marines about and also the Navy about is that we can have a person who is just focused on making our life miserable on a daily basis, whether that person's in the office or at home or in the community, or maybe we were raised by them. So what I talked to them about was team building. When you have a difficult person, I worked with a whole team to help them up-level their skills and then worked with the individuals to coach them how to play nicely together. And an environment that contained, and many of your audiences will understand this, military personnel, ex-military personnel, retired military personnel, um, managers, supervisors, people in unions, people excluded from unions, a whole array of people endeavoring to work together with different different ideas of rank and priority and and uh, who's on top, you know, (laughs) and who's been on top and now isn't on top. And all of those pieces affect the culture. And so we have to figure that all out. And I help them do that. You're you're exactly right, regardless of whether it's a police force or school or business or what have you, you you're always going to have relationships, you know, sometimes even attitude problems, um, even hatred sometimes, as hard as that is to believe, um, you know, on a, in a professional environment. You know, it's interesting because, you know, office politics, you know, as I mentioned, are present in any organization. Police department certainly isn't exempt from that. You know, in fact, one of our prior guests, uh, Kim O'Neill, who I also had the uh, pleasure of meeting at the, the New Media Summit, um, she was a former crime analyst, and on mm-hmm. her show that we did with her, she even mentioned you know office politics in the Long Beach Police Department and, and how that still happens. In your experience, do organizations that deal with life and death situations uh, and that level of stress experience more or less discord as a team? Well, the thing is that they will experience 
great accord when they're very, very active. But then when they're in their downtime, that's when we'll find the discord. Mm. And so it's important to understand the difference. Once you've been had that call to action, that adrenaline rush that I know what to do and I'm on automatic pilot almost, then we're great. We're a team. Mm. But the animosities and everything didn't leave when the, when the alarm went off. They will be there and they will be keeping score. They will remember every little thing that happened to them, every little slight. And yet, some people won't. They'll roll with the punches and they'll go with the flow. But there are always a few people who are very insecure, usually, yeah. very unhappy. And they are keeping score, looking for the tit for tat, you know, got the whole thing running and have an eagle eye out for everything that's wrong. And, you know, you mentioned my term hijackles. Well, what hijackles really like to do is to find fault. Yeah. And they do it all the time. So their eye is out for what's wrong. That's what they're focused on. Yeah. And if you're focused on what's wrong, you're going to find it. Yep. Even yep. if you have to make it up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're you're exactly right. You know, it's interesting because um was talking to a, a client of mine, uh, I want to say a number of months ago. And uh, I'm sure he was dealing with a hijackal, but of course, this is before I had met you and um knew exactly what a hijackal was <laughs> and so I couldn't really uh <laughs> I couldn't uh, advise him on that. But it, it seemed like every time you know, he, he came into my colleague's office, it's like, well, we, we never said that or would make up things like, well, we never had that conversation. Yeah. Even, even to the ridiculousness of things that would be in writing an email on a memo. It's like, well, I never saw that. It's like, you, an you answered it. Exactly. <laughs> you answered the darn thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what a hijackles do. Yeah. So let's talk about them for just Please. a second because we've used the term. The reason I created the term hijackles is because too many people are going to the internet, to the Google goddess, as I call her. Right. <laughs> and they're saying, well, my partner, my coworker, my mother, or whomever behaves this way. And the Google goddess is an index. It's not a professional. It's not a psychologist. Right. But it will give psychological labels. And that's a big red flag to me because when you label somebody in a psychological way and you don't have the training to do it then you are separating yourself from the problem you're saying all oh, right now there's something terribly wrong with that person i'm fine but you have to know how to be in the relationship with them so i created the term hijackal because <clears throat> we need to have a non-clinical term that describes the patterns traits and cycles of these relationships and so the term hijackals means people who hijack relationships always for their own purposes, and then they relentlessly scavenge them for power, status, and control. Right. And the thing about a hijackal is they've got this eagle eye out usually for one person here or one person over there, and they'll paint this public picture of perfection out in the community, and then at home or in the office, they will just create a private place of pain for one person. Right. And so if you go and say, this is happening, say, oh, no, that person's the salt of the earth, and you don't get heard. Yeah. And so that's why people bring me in, because 
not only can I train people to manage difficult people or improve their communication or conflict management style, but I can help them understand what's going on in this very troubling place. And you know, with your, your audience, many of them have come close to or have experienced PTSD. Yes. And so we have triggers when we're in that situation and we're cautious and yet we're hypervigilant at the same time. And so this kind of thing, we, you, you know, it's in the air, you sense it, you don't know what to do with it. And then if you can't name it and you go to someone else and they say, Oh no, that's never happening. Then you feel rewounded. Yeah. This is not good. Yeah, you, you probably kind of already answered that, but in a, in a first responder environment, how might a hijackal rear his, uh, his or her ugly head, as they say? Well, <laughs> now a word on our sponsor, the National Police Credit Union. There are more ways to save at the National Police Credit Union. From saving for a rainy day to building that nest egg for retirement, they have the saving products that law enforcement officers need to build a bright financial future. From share accounts to money markets, as well as IRAs and share certificates, uh, as well as a financial planning and education center, when it comes to helping law enforcement families save for their future, the National Police Credit Union means police business. Learn more at their website, which is simply www.nationalpolicecu.com. A hijackal, of course, wants to be front and center in everything. So they will take, uh, and I want to be very careful how I word this for your audience, sure. they will take a hero role without being a hero. Mm, yeah. Right? They will be the third person in, but they'll be the one who takes credit for doing what happened. Yeah. Or they will be reluctant and send someone in, but they'll say, from my position of authority, well, it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't given the order. And yet they're not the person who risked their life, right? So there's, there's a lot of posturing, there's a lot of hiding, and there's a lot of taking credit for things they didn't do. And speaking to your point, you know, of someone saying, well, you know, here it is in writing, and they're saying, I've never heard it before. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very hijackal thing to do. You can say to a hijackal, you know, let's have a conversation about this topic. And the conversation, clearly the hijackal says black is white. So you think, oh, that's interesting. That's what you believe. And you, you work from that. And the hijackal said that because they want to win in the moment. But tomorrow, that very same hijackal on the very same topic, you hear them say black is red. Yeah. <laughs> and so you say to them, well, yesterday you said black is white. And they said, you don't listen very well, do you? I would never have said that. Okay, that's a hijackal thing to do, which is blame you because they're not ever going to take responsibility for what they did. They will never be accountable. And why? Because psychologically, at some point in their life, usually in their very young life, Somehow they have been raised to believe that they cannot be anything less than perfect. They think of themselves as perfect. They never make mistakes and they're never wrong because they are so fragile at the ego level that it would shatter them in a million pieces. So, you know, we have compassion for these people, but we don't condone and enable their behavior. And that's the distinction we have to constantly be making. Yes, I know you were deeply hurt at some point in your life. I get that. I have compassion for that. But right now, I am not going to condone your behavior or enable your behavior. 
And that's where we have to really learn some skills, Kenneth. Right, right. Well, speaking of learning skills, in, in the environment of, of law enforcement, how might somebody want to deal with a hijackal that they, that they have to work with, especially since they need to trust them to have their back in some very critical situations? Well, if you're really needing to have that person on your team, do your level best to communicate in ways that doesn't make them wrong. Endeavor to make them right and then engage them in collaborating with you to make them be even more of a hero. You know, it, it's unfortunate that we have to do that, but you know, we have to accommodate all kinds of people in our lives. And when we find ourselves on a team with somebody that has these tendencies, then we need them to have our back. So we need them to be at least cooperative and collaborative with us. So. Demonstrate that as your highest quality. Find what's good in them and mention it. Mm -hmm. Thank them more than you think you need to for anything that they do for you. Point out their better features when you have the opportunity and show that you have their back. When you do that, they will engage in the very mystical term. And I mean that because I've been working on this term for a long, long time. And the more you work on it, the more mysterious it becomes. <laughs> which is the idea of loyalty. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think is, is false is that we have this idea that loyalty is good and that it's always good, but loyalty without mutuality actually is manipulation. Yeah. If if you don't both have loyalty, you're actually being manipulated. Yeah. And so it's important for us to realize that what I just suggested to you is a way of taking care of yourself right. by taking care of the other person, much as you don't want to, and it doesn't seem fair, and why should I have to? And also remember, everybody, that these people have a horrible habit of being promoted. <laughs> why does that happen? Well, it happens because other people don't want them around. So they promote them laterally yeah. or vertically to get them off the team, right? And so slowly they make their way up the ranks because people are shifting them. And then, then they're really, really nice to somebody and the person thinks, oh, this is great. Doesn't see the manipulation, up they go. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a reverse pinball effect in an organization. <laughs> Instead of going out of the chute and up to the top and coming down, they go out of the chute and surreptitiously go up to the top. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've experienced that in my former life, corporate life with with bosses like that yes. who are who are certainly hijackals, and I've seen it, you know, probably a dozen times in some of my uh, consulting work. And unfortunately, I've also seen it in some of my, my police work as well. It's interesting is, is I was hearing your, your answer to the question, which was very poignant. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember many times where people would, would, I would even tell people, why are you kissing this person's ass? You know, this person's you know, an idiot or a jerk or whatever. And you know, smarter people than me you would tell me, it's like, well, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me because of what I need to accomplish in the in the workplace or on the police force or, or what have you. Um, mm -hmm. Switching gears just a little bit, you know, uh, unfortunately, due to the nature of the job, you know, many law enforcement families you know, deal with stresses and issues that that frankly, you know, other couples just simply do not. 
Right. Um, as the relationship health doctor, what advice do you have for them that they can help them to improve their, their home lives? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, I just do a little aside here. I was working with a general at Camp Pendleton, and we were talking about the fact that when people come home from deployment on Camp Pendleton at that time, which is a few years ago, right. and she had a program for ameliorating this and it was working. But at that time, when they came home from deployment, there was a 35% rise in domestic violence in the first month they were home. And so the answer she had, and I thought was so good, was for six months, six weeks rather, before they came home, both the people at home and the people in the field were receiving transition training, mm -hmm. how to get back together, how to shift the power, how to not be fearful, how, to, you know, I, I was a Navy wife long, long ago. Yeah. And I know what it was like to have a man come in and he's been gone for four months and all of a sudden he wants control of the kids, control of the finances, control of the home. <laughs> and like, what? You know, like, I've been handling this for a long time before you came back. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I'm going to see the back end of you going on a ship again. Yeah. And, and what are we doing? But there was this emotional need to, to take back the ship at home, you know, and we have to learn that we have to learn to trust our partners. And most people don't actually trust their partners. They'll say they will, but they don't. And so we have to work on trust in our relationships. We have to work on partnership. We have to work on emotional intimacy so that we can talk well together. And there's a big shift between what people in the fields that your audience are in and the people who are, you know, going to work at Home Depot, right. you know, very, very different. And we have to take responsibility for that, get ourselves some training to understand how to make those very, very important transitions successfully. Because when you come home from a high adrenaline environment mm -hmm. and you've had so many different hormones running in you and so many things have been happening and then you come down and then you go home, you can be re-triggered, things can happen, you may have no energy for home, you may be using all your energy at work. On the other hand, you may be frustrated at work and try and take it out at home. And you have to really get your ducks in a row around that to really come to understand who you are, how you're processing, what's going on in the home, maybe even get some help for you and your partner to recognize your situation is a little different than the ones they read about in the books. You know, I wrote a book called Kaizen for Couples. It's the result of all the work that I've done with couples over 30 years. And I highly recommend everybody reads that. It's an ebook as well as a print book. You can get it on Amazon. Kaizen, for those of you who don't know, is a Japanese term created by an American that means <laughs> a small, positive, incremental improvements. Right. And that's what you want to be making in your relationship. But in there, I talk about the most valuable tools and skills that I've ever given people. And those things are essential. And of course, people can work with me on those things once they realize that they don't have them. But you need extra training when you're in situations where you're dealing with crisis all the time. 
and you yeah. need different kind of understanding of each other's worlds that you, you that your partner goes off into a difficult world and they come home for different things right but speaking of partners yeah unfortunately due to an emergency my partner casey smith isn't isn't with us on this interview but this is the time she usually has some fun so i'm gonna roll with it uh because we usually ask uh what is kind of a lightning round which frankly is not a much of a lightning round people <laughs> have taken yeah a couple minutes to answer each question but it's but it's four questions uh just to get a little bit more insight into our guests uh, and the first question is basically, you know, who is your favorite superhero? It could be from the comic books, it could be from the movies, it could be a person, it could be a machine. You know, who is your favorite superhero, Doc? Oh, I, I've got to go with Wonder Woman. You know, <laughs> you're, you're probably the fifth Wonder Woman we got, but great. Why Wonder Woman? Uh, because... Well, first of all, psychologically, the stance that she takes is a power stance, and it changes your body when you take that stance. Mm -hmm. And I think we all should know that before anything. You should stand like that, your legs apart, your arms akimbo. You should <laughs> feel that in your body. Um, that's a great thing to do if you're a speaker or you have to make a point at a meeting or whatever. Do that before you go in. Also, because she has compassion. Mm -hmm. And she, she keeps the compassion and the strengths as co-partners in how she behaves. And that she thinks it's not just blind, like, whoa, I'm in there. <laughs> but she thinks. She yeah. thinks about the implications. She thinks about things. So that's why. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I think my, my wife's favorite comic book character is, is Wonder Woman. You know, I mentioned this on the show when I drag her to one of those Avengers movies. She asks, is Wonder Woman in it? I says, no, that's a different movie. <laughs> and she gets disappointed. Although that lasso thing is, is pretty cool. So second of four questions uh, is, because this is a law enforcement show, what is your favorite buddy cop movie or show? Oh, Blue Blood. Ah, you know, it's the second Blue Bloods we've gotten. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I'm trying to remember the guests that, that talked about Blue Bloods. Uh, I know it'll come to me after our show, of course. But uh, but yeah, Tom Selleck's getting another career <laughs> with that well, one. Well, yeah, I love that one. And second, of course, would be um, Law & Order SUV. Okay. Um, but because of my work and because of the character development there. But what I really like about Blue Bloods, and of course I binge watched the entire thing. I was ill at for <laughs> I looking for something and I watched the entire thing. Um, is because of the balance they demonstrate, the balance between their values, the family and the job. Yeah. And the development that they have in their family to keep that strong so people can go out and do their job. And I truly appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've watched maybe a portion of one show. I think I'll, I'll eventually have to binge it and, and get on it. Funny. Oh, I highly <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> I'm spending the weekend with my, with my in-laws and they're big fans of blue blood. So I'll have to, I'll have to ask them to catch me up. But third question, which is a, a little bit more serious and poignant. Uh, what is your definition of a hero? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm going to give you an answer maybe you haven't heard before. All right. I have a friend who was terribly physically and sexually abused as a child. 
And he raised his family without one moment of sexual or physical or verbal abuse. That's my definition of a hero in one way, Kenneth, when you don't pass on the bad that's been done to you. When you can turn and switch to be a person who says no to that and doesn't use it as a reason. And you will use it as a reason until you realize that that's what's happened to you. So I'm not faulting that. But when, when you come to grips with it and say, no, I am not going to behave that way. No matter what was done to me, I didn't like it and I am not going to pass it on. I'm going to become my own person, not the result of my past. And yeah, that means that you probably do a lot of work with a person like me. And I have clients all over the world because I work with video conferencing. But it's really important to do your own work so that you can be that hero or heroine who says, I will overcome my past and I will not pass it on if it was negative. Yeah. Now that's that is possibly the best answer to that question, especially in regards to this show. I know, yeah, you know, we've all had bad things happen to us. Bad things happen to good people. Um, fortunately, I haven't experienced anything that uh, that the gentleman you mentioned experienced. But you know, you carry that on with you, and it, 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 whether it's it's something small. Um, or something significant, you know, you, to, to let that go allows you to continue to, to live your life. And I think from a law enforcement standpoint, yeah, sometimes some of our police officers, they do see some of the worst things and have some of the worst experiences and unfortunately do carry some of those things home and to other places. So that is, is a great point. So, and let me, let me just add something please. in there, if I might. Um, anger. You must learn about anger, especially if you're in a high-stress job, Mm -hmm. because anger changes your body chemistry. Anger changes your ability to think. Anger changes your ability to have logic and reason. In fact, I think Ashley Brilliant said it brilliantly. He said, speak when you're angry, and you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. (laughs) and so it's imperative in my opinion for all people you know army personnel military of any of any kind police officers any firefighters any first responders to have anger management training i've provided it for so many groups because you need to understand the physiology of your body, what is happening, what to do with the triggers, how to figure out what's going on for you, and how to have a result that you will not be regretting later. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I've <laughs> back in corporate life, which is probably why I'm an entrepreneur now. Uh, one of one of my few talents, but uh, are very good talents, is I can write very well, and I've written more than one email in anger <laughs> that was frankly yeah. pretty pretty darn pretty darn funny when you when you read it but to the person that it's that's directed to probably not so much but uh, uh yeah. that's maybe that's another show you could, you, could <laughs> anal- you could analyze me uh last question uh who is your hero Well, I think I have a composite hero. You know, that gentleman that I I mentioned, people like that, they're definitely my heroes when I I understand what they've been through. I've been through a whole lot of hell too. 
and I know what it took to emerge. So people who do their work strive to be a different person than they were raised to be or to overcome what they came from. Um, people who even look at, at their relationships and say, I'm not participating in this well. I'm going to demonstrate that I want to be able to have a full, rich, emotionally intimate relationship, and I'm going to get some help with my partner or by myself. I, these are heroic people. I don't believe that any weak people go to get help. I believe strong people go to get help. Yeah. Because they say, I deserve to have a better life and to be a better person, to get a better result. And that's the gift that I want to give in this world. Right. So, yes, I could mention, you know, people that have really stood out for me. Um, but I think more importantly, it's the, the average willing person who says, I can do better. And they get the help to do that. Yeah, yeah that awesome answer is all of your answers in our in our conversation was today you know for uh, our listeners police departments out there people that may be in true need of your services how can they best find you sure just go to for for relationship help h-e-l-p dot com and then you can see work with Dr. Shaler. There's a navigation tab there, or you can email me at rs at forrelationshiphelp.com and we can talk. I've trained so many people and it's just such a gift to give to yourself or to your department or wherever you work. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Shaler. As always, you are a great guest. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Thanks so much, Kenneth, and thanks for what you do. Oh, no, my pleasure. I love doing it. And for all those of you that uh, want to uh, hear the show, we're on a number of different formats, Anchor, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, also a video version on BingeNetworks.tv. Um, if you have any suggestions, questions, uh, guests that you might want to recommend for the show, you know, please email my co-host, Casey Smith. She's simply at ksmith at nationalpolicecu.com. Uh, you can also go to the nationalpolicecu.com and listen to past podcasts. For all those that are listening, thank you very much and stay safe out there.